Hello, dear friends and blessings in Jesus. Um, I want to give a brief, brief uh, uh, message with regard to predestination. I find it very um, necessary to give this message about predestination as we get further into the events of the last days, potentially as we approach the, the 70th week of Daniel, the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel. Um, you know, what we're seeing prophetically, uh, potentially to be in prophetic fulfillment, are these agreements that are forming in the Middle East with the Abraham Accords. And uh, potentially the um, confirmation of the covenant as prophesied in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9. Um, we're living in very, very interesting times. You know, the Lord teaches us about the events of the last days and the signs of the times. But there is a generation which will be subject to the times of the signs. And me personally, I believe we're here. And as we get further into the last days, I find it very necessary to speak on uh, uh, to speak about predestination, because there is a thought uh, about predestination, and this thought is that God predestines people to heaven and God predestines people to hell, and all for His glory. And such theory, such thought, is Calvinistic. It is uh, mainline Presbyterian. And it is also reformed, all of which I am not. Um, and before we look at passages in scripture, I have a message to say. If you happen to be listening and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I want you to know that I'm going to say some things which might hurt you. Uh, if you are in the faith, I'm still going to say some things that might hurt you. And it's not that I want to hurt you, but when we look at truth, sometimes it hurts. You know, there's the saying, truth hurts. Well, when you open up the Bible, it, 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 it resounds even more so. Because what the Lord is doing, He's confronting the natural man, the natural woman, with spiritual things, spiritual truths. And it's you and me that has to yield to Him. Well, I, don't, I, I, I say has to, but that's for me. But I urge you to do it as well with me. And I want you to know that God loves you. If you're a non-believer, God loves you. And he wants me to tell you that. He loves you so much so that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for you. That your sin will be removed from you and placed on his only begotten son. The penalty, which is death. And I want you to understand that. Highly, highly spiritual. Sometimes I talk to people, they want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Nothing to do with Christianity. And I probe a little bit. You know, it breaks my heart when somebody says, you know, get out of my face with this Jesus business. It breaks my heart. And then I probe, why? Why? Well, you, he, God loves you. Why is it? And what happens, sometimes I talk to these people and they say, you know what? I was a victim. I was sexually molested. I was beaten as a child. And then I go to my pastor. I go to the elder. And they say that it was predestined to happen. And they tell me straight up, I can't accept that. Well, I have a surprise for you. I can't accept it either. And I do not accept it. Because there's this theory about God who predestines people to heaven. He predestines people to hell. And he predestines this. He predestines that. But what does the Bible say about predestination? And that we're, that's what we're going to look at today. Biblical predestination. 
And I want you to know that, you know, if you're a non-believer and you have been a victim of false doctrine and false theory, I mean, you might have been a victim physically, literally, you know, whatever, in whatever shape, way, shape or form. And you've been victimized. And you're not victimized by the Lord. You're victimized by fallen man, by fallen woman, by fallen people. It's not the Lord. It's fallen man. And God loves you. Now, I have to say something too. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you do lean Calvinistic and you do lean Reformed, I want you to know that I love you. I'm going to say some things that might hurt you. And it's not that I want to hurt you. But we have to understand these truths of what the Bible says. And so let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 29. And you know, he says this. This is Paul writing to the young church in Rome. And brother Paul says this in verse 29 of Romans 8. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And, you know, pro-orizo is what the word is in the Greek, to be predestined. And you know how this translates? It translates as a predetermined destination. Pro-orizo in the Greek, predestined, a predetermined destination. Now, I like to explain this predetermined destination in layman's terms. And I love the fact that we're the generation that we are right now with all this technology because we have these fancy, fancy, fancy devices called cell phones, smartphones. And whenever I'm in a new town or a place that I'm not familiar with and, you know, I get I get hungry and say I want to eat a hamburger or say I want, you know, a pizza or say I want maybe I just want a cup of coffee. I have no idea where I'm at. You know what I do? I pick up my phone, open up the map, look and type in, you know, coffee, type in burger, type in, you know, whatever, Italian food. And then it shows me, I can even see the reviews. And then all of a sudden I read some reviews. Okay, this looks good. Oh, this guy didn't like this. The kitchen's dirty, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, I'm going to skip this one. And then I pick up, I read the next one. Okay, this one's good, delicious, good chef, good service. Okay, let me give this place a try. So I tap on it. And what happens all of a sudden, it opens up in my map. And then I hit another button. I want to go there. And all of a sudden, a little voice pops up. A little boy says, okay, you know, go straight. And so what do I do? I, you know, I'm in my car already and I go straight. And what else do I do? The little voice says, okay, turn left. What do I do? I turn left. Then the little boy says, okay, you know, at the roundabout, you know, take the second whatever exit and then take a right. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do exactly what the little voice is saying. I've already predetermined my destination. I'm going to get my cheeseburger. I'm going to get my bacon cheeseburger with sliced avocados with a nice sharp cheddar cheese melted over the patty. But in order to get that, I have to listen to the directions. I've predetermined my destination. And, you know, when I'm in the parking lot, it says, okay, it is 10 minutes away. And in order for that to come to fruition... I have to listen to every single direction that this voice says. 
in GPS. I have to listen and I have to obey or else, you know, if I don't obey, the voice says turn right and I turn left. The voice says, you know, go straight and I do a U-turn. The voice says turn right and I go left. The voice says turn left, I go right. If I completely have disregard for this voice, 10 minutes later, I can say, wow, you know, they said I'd be there in 10 minutes. 10 minutes later, I'm still going to be lost. Why? Do I blame GPS? No, I have no one to blame but myself because I haven't obeyed the instructions. Remember, my destination was predetermined, was proorizo, predestined, a predetermined destination. Except 10 minutes later, because I did not heed the voice, 10 minutes later, I'm still lost. Who do I blame? Do I blame God? You know, going tying this to scripture, do I blame God? Going back to my example, do I blame my phone? Oh, my phone's broken. It's 10 minutes later and I'm not I don't I'm not in the parking lot of this burger joint. No, I have no one to blame but myself. The whole time the voice was saying, "Okay, you took a wrong turn. You know, turn around." I was redirecting Always redirecting, you know, turn here, do a U-turn, do a U-turn, do a U-turn. And I ignore the voice. And I have nobody to blame but myself when I'm lost for not heeding the voice. But the same thing applies with our walk with Jesus Christ. When he predetermines a destination for a soul, what is that predetermined destination? Paradise. That's what he desires for you and for me and for all of creation. Remember, he is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. He is long-suffering. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. That's what the Bible says. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, no pleasure in the death of one who perishes. No pleasure whatsoever. Yet under Reformed theory... Calvinistic doctrine, God predestines people to hell for his glory. Let me tell you something. That's wrong. Biblically, that is wrong. It does not align with the word of God, nor does it align with the character of God and the nature of God, because he is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. So if you've been victimized by Christians because people have told you Christians have told you oh you're predestined to hell nothing could be further from the truth why because look at verse 29 if you have a Bible open up to Romans 8 verse 29 for whom he foreknew he also predestined which also begs the question wait a second this says whom he foreknew Does that mean he fore, foreknew me? Does that mean he foreknew you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Who is it that God doesn't foreknow? No, remember, he is sovereign. He is sovereign. 
And also don't forget that in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, the Lord says, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. But then the question happens. A baby is born, and born into what? Corruption. Born into Adam, the nature of sin, born into the world. That's why we call belief in Jesus Christ and walking with him. That's why we call it being born again. Because you're now born into Jesus Christ. We're born into Adam, you know, uh, physically, literally. A brand new baby is born into Adam. But then there is a, 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 an Adam in accordance to the faith. His name is Jesus Christ. And belief in him is being born again. God desires paradise for you and for me. I'm going to read, there's a famous passage of scripture that many people know. And it's John 3.16. And John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So this teaching, biblical teaching of predestination, it's very important for all to understand, for the believer to understand. But then also for the non-believer to understand. Because God desires a relationship with you. He desires for you to be in paradise with him. And for the believer, you have to listen to the instructions. You know, you have, when the Bible says, don't do this, you can't do that. When the Bible says, do this, and you don't do that, you can't do that either. I mean, you can. God doesn't make us robots. I don't advocate it. I, don't, I, I strongly urge against it. Because that's what the Bible teaches about obedience. Just like GPS. Am I heeding the voice of GPS so that I can get to my predetermined destination? Or after 10 minutes do I say I'm lost and I blame my phone? That's what people do in the church. Christians. Under Calvinistic and Reformed teachings, theories, they even blame God. They, they put the onus on God, that God predestines people to hell. If God predestines people to hell, which he doesn't, but in accordance with that theory, if God does that, why is he long-suffering? Why is he long-suffering? Something's got to change. Not the Lord. He never changes. You know what needs to change? Your theory about predestination. Predetermined destination. Pro orizo. What is your predetermined destination that God desires for you? Paradise. Paradise. Remember, the book of Genesis, paradise was lost. The book of Revelation, paradise is gained. In Christ, we're like 
you know, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You look at the tree of life in Genesis, and it's, you know, they're banished. No one can go, no one can go near the tree of life. You look at the book of Revelation, and it's the Lord who freely gives from the tree of life in paradise. Paradise lost in Genesis, paradise gained. You see? It's very important to understand this. And it's also very important to understand that God loves you. Believer, non-believer, God loves you. And he desires good things for you. But will you believe? You're a non-believer. My question to you is, will you believe? If you are a believer, my question to you is, will you obey? So verse 29 here in Romans 8 says, He, he who pre... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many, many brethren. You see, Jesus is already the firstborn among many. But is he the firstborn among you, with you? If you believe, yes. If you don't believe, no. But it's not no, period. It's no, comma, and I ask a question. Will you believe? Let's turn that no into a yes. Because I want to call you my brother. I want to call you my sister. You say, wait a second, this. What are you talking about predetermined destination? You mean to tell me that I have a destiny? Yes, you have a destiny. You have a destiny. But let's turn really quick to the book of Lamentations. The book of Lamentations, Old Testament. And this is what is written in the book of Lamentations in chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Jerusalem has sinned gravely. The book of Lamentations, chapter 1, verse 8. Jerusalem has sinned gravely. Therefore, she has become vile. And this is at the time, you know, Lamentations is the book that's after Jeremiah. Jeremiah was called the lonely prophet, the weeping prophet. You know why? Because he was weeping and he was lonely. Because all the people of Judah at this particular time, they says, oh, Jeremiah, you're crazy. We're the elect. God is for us. We're with God. You know, we're special people. The problem was they forgot the Lord. They made choices that did not honor the Lord. And the Babylonians were coming to attack them. And the whole time the people were like, oh, yeah, we're good to go. God is for us. God is for us. You know, we're going to win. No big deal. And Jeremiah was weeping. They call him the weeping prophet. Because he would weep with the people. No, repent, repent. Turn to the Lord, turn to the Lord. Return to the Lord. The whole time the people, oh, we're of the elect. We're good to go, Jeremiah. We don't want to hang out with you. You're such a buzzkill. You're such a killjoy. That's why they call him the lonely prophet. Because he was lonely. Still proclaiming God's truth. And, the, you know, the book of Lamentations reads as like a dirge, uh, like a funeral. 
because he's brokenhearted. And in Lamentations chapter 1, verse 8, Jerusalem has sinned gravely, therefore she has become vile. All who honored her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. You see, fully exposed, no covering. Because they have seen her nakedness, yes, she sighs and turns away. Her uncleanness is in her skirts. Why? Verse 9 says this, she did not consider her destiny. You see, she did not consider her destiny. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. She had no comforter. Oh, Lord, behold my affliction. Remember, this is Jeremiah speaking now. Oh, Lord, behold my affliction, my for the enemy is exalted. Look at what happened with Jerusalem. She did not consider her destiny. But look what's happening in the church today. A church who does not consider her destiny. Meanwhile, she leans on these false teachings that says God predestines people to hell. Oh, they're, they're not of the elect, you know. I'm of the elect, but these people aren't of the elect. No, that's religious elitism. And I say religious on purpose because our walk with the Lord, it's about relationship, a love relationship that the Lord desires. You're a non-believer. He desires this relationship with you. He loves you. You are a believer. He still desires the relationship with you, oneness with you. Why? Because you can abide in him. No period. He, you, he can, you can abide in him and he can abide in you in accordance with what the Bible teaches about your predetermined destination. Because there's these theories, wild, wild theories. God predestines people to hell for his glory. That's in accordance with the teachings of John Calvin. Teachings of which I do not align with. Teachings of which I disagree with, hardcore, I do not agree with. People say, well, wait a second, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. It is written in Romans chapter 9, verse 13, Jacob I have loved and Esau I have hated. You see, you see then, it's right there, God hates people. Well, wait a second, hold on. The entirety of scripture says otherwise. Yes, it says here, as it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. But when you read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16, we see something about Esau. Yes, he sold his birthright, but in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16, he was also a godless fornicator. He denied the Lord. He made his choice. Oh, but wait a second. The Bible says in Romans 9, verse 15, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. You say rightly. But don't forget, it is also written that God's mercy is conditional. It is also written in Exodus 20, verse 6, that God's mercy is extended to those who love me and keep my commandments, obedience, obedience, just like GPS, 
You predetermine your destination. In order to get to your destination, you know, GPS, your phone says in 10 minutes, you'll be at your bacon cheeseburger place. And you can have a, a nice meal. But in order for that to happen in that time frame, you have to heed instruction. The voice says turn left, you got to turn left. The voice says turn right, you got to turn right. You got to heed these instructions. But the exact same thing applies to our walk with Christ. We have to heed the word of God. Listen to instruction that emanates from the truth of God's holy word. Which begs another question. Who has ears to hear the instruction? Who has ears to hear? It's the circumcision of heart. Now I have to say, if you're a non-believer, become a believer. Because God loves you. And I want to call you my brother and or sister in Christ. And if you are a believer, and say you're a believer, but you don't align with Reformed theory, understand this concept of predestination, not in accordance with Reformed theory or Calvinistic doctrine, but in accordance with what the Word of God teaches, what the Bible teaches. And if you are a Calvinist, if you are into Reformed theory, you say, wait a second, you know, I, I, I read this special study Bible. I read this very special study Bible. And, you know, he says about, you know, uh, the predestination. He teaches about predestination. But what I would like you to do is also listen to a message we have about do not take the mark of the beast. Because with this predestination, it's not just predestination, period. Because false teaching begets false teaching, begets false teaching, begets false doctrine, begets false doctrine, and people get ingrained in false doctrine. And this concept about predestination, this false concept about predestination, that God predestines people to hell and predestines people to heaven, because of this doctrine, there are several things that emanate about once saved, always saved. There are several things. And you know, once saved, always saved. Don't forget what the Bible teaches in Luke 8. And I'll just read really quick from Luke chapter 8. You just bear with me. I have to turn there. But in Luke 8, one little verse. In verse 13, Luke 8, 13. But the ones on the rock, this is about the seed, which is the word of God in verse 11. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. So you see, biblically, it is possible for a person to believe temporarily. They might believe for, you know, a couple months, maybe a couple years. You know, maybe they're hardcore. They believe for five years. They believe for even 10 years. But it is possible for somebody to believe on the short term. Because verse 13 reveals that. They have no root. 
who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. What does that say about once saved, always saved? Knowing that it's possible to fall away. It's possible to believe for a little while. You see, this is what the Bible teaches. And Jesus Christ is the way. You might be listening and you're like into reformed theory. But you know what teachers also teach? That it's okay to take the mark of the beast and you can still be saved. Which is entirely unbiblical. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, listen to our message. It's a special message. Do not take the mark of the beast. I don't care what any man says. Do not take the mark of the beast. Because we are in the last days. The last days, perilous times are here. And it's dangerous. And if you're a non-believer, become a believer. Be born again because God loves you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to sup with you. He wants intimacy with you. He wants oneness with you because he loves you. And the only way that happens is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Those are his words, not mine. I'm just the messenger. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Those are the words of Jesus Christ. Do you believe? If you say yes, praise the Lord. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be born again. And if you believe, and I'm saying these things, and you're burning inside because you're a Calvinist, you're burning inside because you're Reformed, I love you. I don't say these things to hurt you. But I say these things to challenge you, to be a Berean, to test the Scriptures, search the Scriptures, and understand what the Bible teaches in Romans 8, in Romans 9, in Romans 7, in Romans 11. Understand. Because don't forget, what is written here in Luke 8, how it's possible for somebody to believe, but only for a little, a little while, and in time of temptation, fall away. Do you know what is prophesied to happen in the last days? The great falling away. Falling away from the faith, a defection away from faith, from truth. It is prophesied. That's what's going to happen in the church in the last days. And look at the church today. The church is crazy town. I talk to non-believers all the time. Say, I want nothing to do with Christianity. How come, my friend? How come God loves you? Well, I turn on, you know, Christian TV. I see all this craziness. And you know what? I got to tell them. Look, my friend, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I turn on, you know, TBN, Tricking Believers Nightly. I turn it on too. Not to study, not to learn. But to see what kind of craziness is going on out there. People talking about grave soaking. Very major, major churches, very popular global churches to go lay on a grave. Lay on a grave so you can soak in the Holy Spirit of this dead person. That's anathema to Christ. 
That is unbiblical. The great falling away. It's already started. Narrow is the way, my friend. Narrow is the way. God bless you guys. I love you guys. And let's keep on in studying the word of God and understanding what the word of God teaches us because we're a last day's generation. God bless you.